up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here, per usual, in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, in the Pearl District at the Living the Dream Studios. And uh, I got a special, a special guest coming in today, y'all. Coming in at, how tall are you, man? I'm, I'm a claim 5'10". Claim 5'10". I'm claiming 5'10". Coming in at a claimed 5'10". <laughs> inches. <laughs> he is the host of the television show, The Bridge, on NBC Sports Northwest. And uh, you might have heard him and I on the radio before back in the day as well. My man, Justin Myers. What's going on, man? What is happening? This is like, this is like peaches and herb reunited for sure it feels so good oh yeah i am i am excited to be here i'm even more excited because you are now in my neighborhood i am here, here at the studio i found out is like a three minute walk from my apartment which made it very easy to get to yeah yeah this is way different than when i had to drive <laughs> all the way out to to beaverton to right. your apartment you did last time we did the show <laughs> so now it may, this may be more frequent now that I know it's a it, it's a nice easy walk. Yeah, hey, anytime, man. Anytime you need to just kind of debrief. I know you're on television now. I don't know if you could say as much as you'd like to on television. I mean, you tell me. Are you kidding? But I mean, <laughs> are you serious? You forget who this is? Hot take, Jake. Come, live in the flesh. Coming with scorching hot <laughs> takes. How is it though? Because I I want to know about that. Because you've been doing radio for. Because, I mean, with TV, you're doing TV and radio yes. with The Bridge now. You've been doing radio for, I would have to say, I remember when we had the show, it was about 14 to 15 yeah, years. So, so you got to be on your 16, 17 my, now. Well, it's been almost 16 years. So I okay. started in uh, 2014 is, is when I started. So 2020, coming up in a couple of months, will be 16 years in that was when I started my radio show. Yeah. Way back in, in 2004, uh, it, was, it was a Glorious time. No iPhones, <laughs> <Yeah>. no Twitter. <laughs> Facebook was only for college kids. Right. If people wanted to criticize you, you had to send you an email. Yeah. They couldn't just they couldn't just <laughs> at you on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's great. You could make mistakes. Nobody is Googling you in real time. Yeah. It, was the, it was the glory years. Is it like, do you get more criticism now that you're on television than you did on radio because people could visually see you and not just call you out for what you say, but maybe how you look, maybe... The expressions that you make, I don't know. I mean, you Sadly, tell me. I'm a dude, so no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it's a sad commentary on our society. But uh, I, I have seen the uh, the comments to my female colleagues, okay. and it is ridiculous. Really, it's unbelievable. Like, wow. and petty, like just petty, petty stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, guys don't have to deal with that. Yeah, all that, all is that much. So I, I haven't gotten any uh, appearance comments now. The things I say and the things I tweet about, people feel very comfortable telling me how stupid they believe I am. <laughs> what about, you, you're talking appearance there. You're on TV now. Do you got to wear any makeup? Like, what's, what's going on there? I haven't crossed into the dark side yet of, of the makeup world. I'm sure I'm going to yeah. get there one day. Do any of the other men on your station wear makeup? Yes. You don't have to call them out. No, and I'm not them. saying there's anything wrong with it. but So all of the other, because there's yes. probably about six or seven other and personalities, it, male personalities. It's a normal say. thing to do in TV. So, so when I go on, I still consider myself a radio guy first right. and foremost. I'm just doing what I think is a radio show behind a desk. Um, so I haven't crossed over into doing the makeup. 
Uh, but all the other guys that do, that's just what you do when you go on TV and you come up through the business. So what you waiting for, man? Maybe for somebody to, to criticize me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, so somebody's got to feel like, I feel like it's, it's another step, right? right. I, like when we used to do our show, we were on at 9am and you just have to get up, have a cup of coffee, make sure you have some, have a clean shirt on. But other than that, we're in radio. Yeah. It, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You don't have to worry about your hair. You don't have to work. Now it's like on top of figuring out all the, uh, all the stuff I have to talk about, I have to wonder like, am I pitting out? Uh, am I, yeah. is my hair messed up? Am I, uh, am I, my forehead sweaty? So I feel like adding makeup to it. It's just like another step, but, but it's wouldn't that help things- you to not have to worry about as much? I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just feels like a step too far. Never wore makeup before. (laughs) No, I get it though, because even with me now, you know, they, they got me out of the uh, radio world out here along with you. You were able to find your way back (laughs) and make it happen. I had to figure out another lane and become a politician of some sort out here. But now I love the work that I do. I mean, I always say to people, there's no better job than being able to wake up and do a radio show five days a week and get paid for it. Um, Even though, you know, the atmosphere in the building could sometimes be sort of cloudy in the radio biz, but our show in particular, I mean, you really just couldn't ask for a better job than that. But I do love what I'm doing now. Um, You know, advocacy work. I'm doing some writing with Street Roots and things of that sort. Um, But... I still do commentary for college basketball games. So I do it over at Pacific at my alma mater. And now I'm doing it at Portland state. So at Pacific, it was the same thing. It was more of a radio gig. Um, now it's kind of like more so online streaming, but with Portland state, their games are broadcasting on TV. So I even noticed myself getting a little more, uh, prepped and ready for my Portland state games. <laughs> you prepped <laughs> more I than know. you did for our show. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Especially a Friday, a Friday show. Pounce rolling in. What do we got? No we problem. Got? Yeah, All right. No. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I probably prep more than I did for this show, too, that we're doing right now. But um, but no, I definitely like I get it to an extent because, uh, yeah, being over there at Portland State. I mean, granted, the feel is bigger just being at a Division One game and broadcasting a Division One game rather than Division Three. But knowing that it's on TV. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit cognizant of my appearance there now. Just just a little bit. You know, no makeup. No makeup. Well, you're, no makeup. you're still, are you doing TV or are you doing I'm radio? doing TV for you're Portland TV State. TV for Portland State. And then I'm doing more yeah. so radio and online streaming for Pacific. So I'm working with both You got to make sure you're lined up, right? Is that That's what you taught me. So you yeah, taught you me all sorts of great up. stuff about culture. For sure. And got to get lined up. Got to get Got to get up. straight. Tapered up. Taper on the side all day. You gotta have it. Gotta have it together, man. <laughs> gotta 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 have your cut looking like a box. Um, so, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta be fly for it. So yeah, I definitely keep a fresh cut for the TV broadcast. But um, let's get into some stuff, man. Oh, because we got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we got you, a lot of stuff you name to get it. Into. All right, well, let's start. For starters, you were tweeting some madness net last week, <laughs> and and I didn't even call you out on it. I just said, hey, Justin, man, I miss you, buddy. <laughs> Because this whole deal with college athletes getting paid, which has been a conversation for the ages, right? It's been a conversation being had for a long time. Um, I do think that there are some steps going into the direction of college athletes possibly getting paid sooner than later. Um, You've got in California, there's laws in California 
being made for athletes to be able to get paid for their likeness. And I think something just came out in the state of New York as well. I saw LeBron championing it um, in the state of New York for athletes to be able to pay to get paid as well. You and Tim Tebow are not of that ilk. No. That college athletes should get paid. And I still don't know why. Even after doing a show with you five mm-hmm. days a week, three hours a day, we never agreed on it. But can you at least <laughs> you at least break down to the wake up and win listeners why you feel like college athletes should not get paid? Because I'll tell you now, I totally disagree. Oh, I know. And we, we've disagreed on this, <laughs> this for years. And here, here's the thing. I have always said that when people throw out college athletes should be paid, it's the equivalent of saying, I support the troops. It feels good. It sounds good. Not many people are going to argue against you. Um, but it's way, way more complex than just rolling out a checkbook. That's the problem. That's the problem I've always had. Okay. The first and foremost, here's the reason why I don't want college athletes to be paid. Personally, uh-huh. I love college football. You start paying athletes or allow them to get endorsements or whatever uh, whatever phase you see that, that the NCAA should go into to giving them more money, college sports as we know it will change. And now that change may be good. That change likely isn't going to be Why? good. Why wouldn't it be good, though? Because just like everything else, like I said, this is a complex problem that is going to create more issues. It, it, you go back. Pinpoint those issues for me. Okay. I need, I let, need let, you to reel, reel it in. Okay, let, it let's, in. Start, let's start with this. Now, for, first off, the California law is essentially the Olympic model, right? Saying mm-hmm. that college athletes, while getting tuition and room and board and everything else, on top of that, should be able to go out and make money off their likeness, mm-hmm. which would be an endorsement, right? For sure. Did you watch the 30 for 30 broke? I didn't watch the 30 for 30. Okay, broke. so there's a 30 for 30. It's very, very good. And it's basically how professional athletes go broke. And there's many reasons why professional athletes go broke. One of them is bad deals. Bad deals. So now you are going to have these college kids out there getting approached by every Tom, Dick, and you know what, (laughs) offering them to be an endorser. Are they going to be all on the up and up? Are they all going to be straight? Are they all going to have the proper uh, paperwork? Who knows? So how do you know that? You have to hire an agent. So now college athletes are going to be expected to hire an agent. Mm -hmm. As, As Do you want agents now hanging around college athletes? And more importantly, agents are now going to be starting to hang around high school kids because agents have to get in early. So now a high school kid in his senior year who is committed to, let's say, high school kid, five-star athlete going to Oregon. Now he's, or let's just, let's put him at UCLA so he can, so he can get paid in California. (laughs) So he's going to UCLA. For sure. So now an agent is going to be approaching him and his family. Are they all going to be salt of the earth or are there probably more bad agents than good agents? Well, I mean, so that's, so that's the biggest problem I have is it sounds good. Make money off your likeness. Yeah. Well, okay. So now you have to pay for an agent. Are you going to get a bad deal? No, who's no, going to no, go no, out and no. negotiate these terms? But the NCAA is already taking care of that. So in order for you, you we just saw it. We just saw it with Rich Paul, the Rich Paul rule, right? When they had these, basically these qualifications Mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to hire an agent as a player in the NCAA. So that way, if you decide to declare for the draft, it used to be if you declare for the draft, then you cannot, then your college eligibility is done. Now you can declare for the draft. And if you 
undeclared for the draft before draft day. I think it's draft day, somewhere near draft day. Your college eligibility isn't done. But with that being said, the NCAA already has qualifications put in place for these agents mm-hmm. to be able to even work with these athletes anyway. But those so I agents, don't really see that as that much of a problem. But those agents are working specifically with NBA teams. That's the only reason to hire an agent at that point. Mm-hmm. You can't declare for the draft, hire an agent, get an endorsement deal, mm-hmm. and come back. We're talking about agents that are there to negotiate with NBA teams for their picks and their contracts. 100%. Which is very different than negotiating with... Uh, you know, Southland Ford, because they want to put the quarterback of Oklahoma on, you know, you know up on a billboard and, and pay him money. So well, so to me, it, it brings college athletes. College athletics is corrupt. All right. All right. Let's just get that out of the 100%. way. One hundred percent. I'm not going to be one to sit here and say that NCAA is trying their best. No, there's there's corruption in it. But you open this door. You're going to open it up to much, much more corruption. Now. Who is going to be the victim of that corruption? Institutions, coaches, NCAA, or the players? The players are going to be victimized by that corruption. I don't think so because, I mean, first off, the corruption is already coming from not the players because the players obviously can't receive money yet for their likeness or they aren't getting paid and things of that sort. So the corruption has already been there. And like I said, if the NCAA can make all of these other rules and make all these other qualifications for players to be able to declare for a draft, to be able to work with agents, I think that if they wanted to, it's not that complex for them to make steps in the right direction to be able to allow that to happen in other sports. There's too much money there for them not to be able to come to be able to create a model essentially for these athletes to be able to get paid. There's too many, I would hope, innovators there that can help them. And if not, they can pay people to innovate this system to happen, especially with these states creating these laws in favor of these athletes to get paid. Well, first off, these state laws, let's call them what they are. They're pandering. It's pandering political move. Nobody truly in California cares. They want... they. No, and LeBron doesn't even care, by the way. It's LeBron trying to come up on a popular stance. No, 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 no. LeBron I think cares. LeBron's got a son that's in high school in California yeah. now uh-huh. and who I would imagine if the law only stays in California in three years from now, which isn't that far removed, LeBron's son will end up going to college in California so that he can get paid for his likeness because you think he won't have but why would, endorsements why? coming his way for his likeness. His name is LeBron James. I, okay, so that's, Junior. That's, that's the second part, which, by the way... <laughs> <laughs> Real nice burden you put on your kid, LeBron. Uh, we're, we'll talk about LeBron another day. And you know my thoughts on him. But For sure. that brings me to my sec- the second point. And the thing that everybody got mad at me on Twitter about. Talk to and, me. And this is a, a, an unpopular opinion, but I will, until somebody gives me a better example, I still believe I am right. Why then, when you can, right out of high school in basketball, you can go to the G League, right out of high school. In the G League, you can get endorsements, Right. So why don't these five-star blue-chip players go to the G League and get an endorsement? Why don't they go that route? It's right because there for them. Be- could it possibly be 
Yeah. That the institutions and the colleges and the high profile coaches give them a platform that they could never have possibly built for themselves. Um, I think that the platform is there. It exists for sure. There's a longstanding history when it comes to the popularity of these institutions, of these platforms. But it still goes hand in hand. If these players all decide to start going to the G League, then those platforms will diminish because the competitive nature of those platforms will not be the same if all these five star athletes especially for somebody like you that loves college sports so much you love college sports and you like to watch five-star athletes i would imagine in those college yeah, sports. but i like college so, i like college sports better and i think that's the thing that nobody really wants to admit that if you were to take let's say football wise this is the argument you and i have had for for a long time i have always said this there are um uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the the i think 60 power five teams mm-hmm. right so if you were to take the top 10 players off of every power five team, the top 10, right? That's 600 players and create a 10 team football league. Right. Who would win attendance? Alabama and Georgia with players that weren't as good or the, uh, you know, the Birmingham Tigers or whatever in, in an AAF or the new XFL, who, who would outdraw those teams? Alabama and and, and why and, and why is that and why is that could it possibly be that the value the exactly the value that these players supposedly had to earn money off their likeness the value does not come from their ability to play the value comes from the institutions that they play no, for no 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 if no. Let, let, no, no, let, no. let's create John Q quarterback yeah Johnny quarterback plays quarterback at Alabama he could go out and be make money off his likeness, right? Signing autographs for Alabama fans. Right. If that same quarterback with that same ability went to Portland state, would yeah. he have, would he make the same amount of money on autographs? No, no, because the Alabama Crimson Tide is where the value is, Devon. Yeah, that, that's, that's why they're able to make money but, off but their likeness because of the from, because of the logo on their on their jersey, but not now their we're name. Talking about now, that's from a student. I would say more so a student base. And like I said, I'm not taking away. I I love college sports. Still, co- still love and cover college sports. I'm not taking away from the value of these college sports. What I'm saying is we don't have to devalue the athletes either because of that. No, I'm not devaluing the athletes. And so, and I think the Rich Paul rule showed a lot for the NCAA to create that rule after LeBron and his camp has done all that they've done. You've had the Darius Baisley situation where he went and got the million dollar internship. And then they try to make this rule essentially to ban Rich Paul from being able to be able to to be able to be an agent for these NCAA athletes. It gets publicized in a major way. And now all of a sudden, Rich Paul, the Rich Paul rule is stripped because of the public how it was publicized that tells me that these athletes hold more value than you're giving them credit for right now because the the folks that are out advocating for these athletes kind of have the ncaa up against the wall feeling some type of way and now they're just doing any old thing and having to backtrack and and digress on the decisions that they're making because they're seeing that the tide can turn as far as the future is concerned guys can get these million dollar internships that are five-star athletes they don't want to lose that either And and if and if they didn't have enough money if they weren't forking out millions to these coaches if they weren't forking out all this money to everybody else which look i'm okay with them all getting paid no no but don't say that the athlete can't 
Well, okay. Although you, you everybody said, else can. You said you said that right there. It's the very. And this is the third point I'll, I'll make, and then we eventually have to move yeah, on because we'll we'll neither one of us is budging on this <laughs> no, one. No, not at all. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, your coach is making an exorbitant amount of money, which is cool. Yes, the, but the argument has always been, uh, pe- people are making tens of millions of dollars off the backs of these athletes. Right. Who, other than coaches, who? Athletic directors get paid pretty not well. Not millions. They, they get, don't get they don't get paid millions, they get, and they're also not making the money off of these players. They are making money being an administrator at a university, an administrator overseeing not just football and basketball, the only two sports that make money, by the way, for sure. Overseeing, which every, also happen to have a whole lot of African American athletes too, by the way. That's, just to that's very pull, true. just to put a race card there. That's fine. You know, I'm not afraid <laughs> of the race know, card. I know. I know. That's why I did it. Now. Uh, <laughs> But athletic directors aren't making millions. But far, making, far from it, they're, they're making, making they're making six a salary. They're making a salary for the job that six they have. Six figure salary. Yes, which and is cool. I'm cool with that too. I'm. But I'm just saying is is that I still believe that going to college, having uh, every expense paid, is as valuable as anything, and I think it's a fair deal. Now. There are a lot of people that will disagree with me. Yeah. I think also the numbers are fudged on on what people believe these athletes get. Athletes show up on campus, especially football and basketball, who are all full ride, mm-hmm. do not have a financial need. They don't have a financial need. There is nobody worrying. Ask the athlete that. I think they'll say different. I've asked plenty of athletes Shabazz that. Napier has said different. And sh- okay, plenty, Shabazz plenty Napier. They, say different. We, and we've argued about Shabazz Napier, who's like, oh, starving athlete, right? Even though he's got tattoos up and down his arm. Uh, thousands of dollars worth of tattoos. I mean, thousands of dollars worth of tattoos. How do you know it's worth thousands of dollars? Because I know the foremost. going rate of a tattoo. I have two <laughs> ugly ones on my <laughs> body that I paid way too much. blasted all the time. Like, you think Shabazz <laughs> Napier went to jail? He was your jailhouse tattooist <laughs> no. on no, spare no, time. I no, I don't. No, I don't. No, hey, I don't. Snake, why don't you give me a sleeve of tattoos? <laughs> All uh, right, man. Like you said, we're not going to All right, so let, can I, let's end it with this. Yeah, yeah, I let's, end it, it. Let's, let's end it on something positive. Because sure. I do get very frustrated because in this argument, right, both sides dig their heels in. And there are things that the NCAA does need to do. Mm-hmm. Things that they need to do. First and foremost, they can do a better job of taking care of the athletes when they get on campus. And when they leave campus, healthcare should be paid for, especially for football players. If you do yeah. not make the next level, healthcare should be paid for for the next 10 years, if not longer. See, that I should agree. be taken care of. Right. The second thing that needs to happen, you are an educational institution. Educate your athletes. Do a better job of educating them. Yeah. Don't make athletes take a sociology major when you know they're not going to be social workers. Mm-hmm. Let them create a major i've said this for years create a professional sports major yeah where you teach these athletes the life of a professional athlete you teach them about accounting you teach them about uh advertising deals you teach them that and for anybody that would say but justin they're not all going to be professional athletes how many dance majors are professional dancers not that many yeah so teach them the business and then the third thing is you have to stop being so cut and dry in terms of, I know players want to fly home if they have, uh, you know, I, I know that it's a, 
the Maurice Claret, it was a very big deal. One of his best friends died. Yeah. He took a plane ride home. That was considered a violation. That stuff's ridiculous. That is All right? ridiculous. The, that the, is. That's you nuts. can have a bagel, but cream cheese on it is a violation. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. So those are the things that the NCAA can do better. I just don't think bringing in third parties and bringing in agents to negotiate endorsement deals, I think that's going to bring in way, it's going to muddy the waters way more than they are right now. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Those are some good points there. <laughs> but without that, pay the damn athletes. <laughs> if you ain't going to get health care, support- if you're not listening to Justin Myers, <laughs> and you're not going to give these athletes other things that they need that could fill in for the lack of compensation that they're getting to play the sport and fork you in loads of money, pay the damn players. Okay. Let me, how about this deal? What if an athlete gets an endorsement? Yeah. Do they then forfeit their scholarship? No. Well, why not? They're going to make millions. Because it's legal. But well, they're going to make millions. Why well, should, they can choose. Why if should they the, choose to forfeit their scholarship, Why should the school subsidize cool. them if they're out there making extra money? Why not? Because you're, you're gonna, you're, they've got all these millions at their hands. Why do well, they then, need a scholarship? Well, at that point, it's why up should, to them to be able to make the decision. This, if the school wants to take away their scholarship for that... The, the only way these players and, are making millions is probably because they're damn good players. Bet on yourself. And the school, but the school is going to bet on them too because <laughs> if Nike down the street is willing to give them X amount of millions of dollars, they must be good enough to play at university or well, here, wherever. Now, here's the good thing. Selfishly, if we do allow uh, college athletes to be endorsers, uh, Oregon's going to be the best football team ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, that's going to be the best. That's true. Hey, I can go to Oregon <laughs> and I can get endorsed by Nike the yeah. moment I step on campus. Yeah, Nike University. Speaking of Oregon, let's <laughs> let's get into college football because that's always been your wheelhouse. Yes. It's always been your thing. Um, and let's just talk about Oregon. Big weekend this weekend. Is it that big anymore? Yeah. I mean, Stanford's got waxed by USC, who then lost. But Oregon hasn't been. Well, then you would have to be able to criticize Oregon in the same way. And you're an Oregon <laughs> fan, and I know you don't want I'm to fan, do that. And I'm a so homer, I'm and, a, I'm, so, yeah, and I'm so, unrealistic, too. So, yeah, exactly. I'm biased so, and unrealistic. With all that being said, Oregon ain't been that damn good either. In fact, Oregon should be undefeated right now. They choked week one. 100, choked. 100%. I was there. Justin Herbert. I was, I was Herbie right. Herbie Heisman. Is he still going to be a Heisman? Is he still going to be first round? I got so many questions about Justin <laughs> Herbert for you right now. So let's start with Herbie Heisman. Herbie Heisman. What's up with him, man? That ain't going to happen. Not going to uh, happen. Not, okay. not going to happen. It's, it's, it was my dream. And my dream for if, <laughs> man, that last 90 seconds at Auburn really uh, threw a wrench into, into my dream. Yeah, because you did. know, I was saying this two years ago on our show. I Fact. said that you watch Herbert's going to go undefeated and he's going to win the Heisman. Uh, I think Oregon can win the rest of their games. Okay. I don't know if they are, but I think they can. Even if they do, they're not making the playoffs. The Pac-12 perception nationally is trash right now yeah. because of games like USC losing to BYU, Stanford losing to Central Florida. And just Oregon many- choking in a primetime game where they should have won and been You're able right. to change the perception. One, it was 100% a choke, yes. Yeah. If, you catch, if, they, if you catch a touchdown pass that was right in your hands on third down and then – if you hand it was first and goal from the nine and and they fumbled the exchange, completely flipped the game. Yeah, completely so, flipped the entire game. Got way too conservative in the second half, um, and they you, they choked away that game because should have beat Auburn. Should have. Now I hate people that say, well, it's Oregon was the better team, but they lost. No, if you were the better team, you would have won. Be better. Being I say be- it all the time. Being better also includes execution. It doesn't yeah. always mean talent. So Oregon's not the better team, but. I think watching that game is frustrating for Oregon fans because you, with proper execution, 
they would have won that game. I agree. I agree. All right. And I think they're going to win the rest of their games. I don't, I mean, this game, Vegas doesn't look at it as a big game against Stanford coming up. When you got the schedule a year ago and you're like, oh boy, first, first Pac-12 game, you're on yeah. the road against Stanford. Oregon's a 10 and a half point favorite in Vegas right now. 10 and a half. Should I bet on it? No, don't bet on college kids. Don't do it. Bam. They're, they're, I mean, why not? It's, it's, they're, they're there to bet on. Because they're emotional 19 and 20-year-olds, and they do things like drop passes yeah, and that's fumble. True. And, that's very true. And make, have brain cramps. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't bet on it, okay. but I think Oregon's going to win. Okay, so Oregon wins this weekend. That was the first question I have for you. You answer my second question. Herbie is no longer Herbie Heisman. And, and that's, now, that's because he's not, he's not going to be in the national title race. Okay. And, and the Heisman race is all about the national title race. Um, sadly, for the Pac-12, even if Oregon continues to win, come November, I, they're going to be on the out, way on the outside looking in. Yeah. And too many good players like uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, even though Trevor Lawrence isn't having that great of a year, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, those type of guys are going to be in the race. Yeah. Okay. Now, my next question is, Herbie still is going to be a first-round pick next year, correct? Yes. Does he turn out to be a better pro than Marcus Mariota? Yes, Tell me I do. More. Uh, I think he. I think he has a better. I think he has better arm strength. Uh, I think he's being better prepared to play in the NFL. And I, I am by far, or far from, I should say, an X's and O's expert. I find X's and O's boring. I just want to watch the kids play. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> if you look back at what Marcus Mariota was running at Oregon back in. 2013 2014 compared to what he's being asked to do right now with the titans mm -hmm. it was vastly different there are some similarities but it's a vastly different offense justin herbert with the offense that he's running oregon fans find it boring because it is but it is i think preparing him much more to play at the next level than Mariota was prepared for okay yeah i, I get that i can see that and, and i also think Especially at the highest level, right, where it it comes down to to inches, right, inches and seconds in, in the That's NFL between very true. wins and losses. Um, the system that you are in matters. I don't think Marcus Mariota is in a system that I think showcases his abilities. Now. That's not an excuse. I think that's a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. I do. I just think there's a lot of quarterbacks that you get to the NFL and a coach doesn't like this system, so they run their stuff and they find somebody else. Um, and so for Herbert, it's all going to depend on what system he goes and plays in. All right. Yeah, I, I actually do agree. Like I, said, I, think, I do think he's got a better arm, a little bit more size. Um, he's not going to need to be – as long as he can play well in the pocket, which I think he can – and his size allows him to do that. Um, he'll be he'll be fine in the NFL, and I actually do think that he'll be the better player in the NFL. Um, so last thing, we're, we're just gonna go through topic after topic <laughs> after topic um, because obviously, like I said, you're a college football guy. Um, so to end off, no team from the Pac-12 makes it to the tournament this year, the playoff this year. Excuse me. Um, for college football to win a national championship, the only hope that the Pac-12 has is it. It's weird to say this, but it's Utah. Utah is the mm. because Utah is going to play in the South, so uh, their schedule is is because the I mean the Pac-12 South is nowhere close to as competitive as the Pac-12 North. Mm -hmm. um, I think they are going to run the table. I they miss Oregon, right? So they're the only time they would face them would be in the Pac-12 title game. Right. They're the only team I think that's ranked high enough that has the ability to go undefeated. 
Washington State has to beat Washington, has to beat Oregon, has to beat Cal. Ain't going to happen. I just way, I don't see the them around. running the table in the I north. Um, and, of course, Oregon-Washington, the two best teams in the north, already have one loss. And I just don't see a one-loss Pac-12 team going to the playoff the way that the conference has been. Okay. So Utah's got the only chance. And I, I still don't know if Utah's good enough to go undefeated. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. Now, you're with NBC Sports. You're with Rip City Radio. Um, that's a blazer station. So, you know, you know, back back in our day when we were doing Justin and Devon, college football was your jam. Yes. We always let you rock out on college football. Basketball happened to be a little bit more of my jam. You would give me the opportunity to rock out more on basketball. But now you work for the basketball station I do. here in the city of Portland. So the Portland Trailblazers are contracted with both Rip City Radio and NBC Sports Northwest. Their games are broadcasted on both stations, and you're broadcasted on both stations. So we're going to talk hoops now, Justin. Let's do it. Bleacher I'm Report. excited. Bleacher Report came out. Dame and CJ best, best backcourt in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you think I've got hot takes. Bleacher Report. Scorching Bleacher hot Report. take. That was a hot take. Now, I here, here would be the argument I would make to say that that's correct. They're the only backcourt duo that has proven that they can play together and have success. Yeah. Nobody else in the league, as it sits right now, because Clay Thompson's injured. Right. As it sits right now, has any proven uh, body, of, body, numbers, of work body of work right, right, right. that they can play together okay. and, and have success. Those two guys went to the Western Conference Finals, um, so they have proven that they can play together. We don't know if Harden and Westbrook are going to be able to play together. Okay. I suspect not. Uh, we kind of do too. Um, we don't know what the situation is. Steph and D'Lo. We don't know exactly how well they're going to play together. We know that Golden State loves their system. How does that system work now that it's kind of had a wrench thrown in the middle of it? I think it works I think I'm sure it'll work fine. Yeah, like it'll Steph work Curry's fine. still going to be the He's best gonna, shooter of all time, all time yeah. no matter what. But yeah. in terms of being a, a better backcourt, who knows? Right. After that, I don't know who really you would throw in there. Um, the possible exception of, uh, was it Conley is now is in it Utah. Utah. They're with, not uh, Damon CJ. With, with Donovan Mitchell. With Donovan Mitchell. Right. That's, I mean, again, no body of, no body of, ev- or no body of work. Right. Really no proof that they can play together. It's an interesting combo. I just, I just don't know. The league has changed so much right. to where I don't know who else you would throw in the debate. And now, I think that's why Damon CJ get, Get the Get edge because we've seen it. But but my question is, do you believe uh, you can throw me all these <laughs> analysis and hot take? That, no, that wasn't a hot take. Now is the time for a hot take. Does Justin Myers believe, even amongst all the changes, knowing that there is Russell Westbrook and James Harden playing together, D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, Conley, and Donovan Mitchell, knowing what is and knowing what you know about the game yes. and Having covered more than enough of Damien and C.J. McCollum, do you believe that they're the best court, best backcourt in the NBA? I do. I do believe they're the best backcourt wow, in the NBA. You asterisk. changed. No, here's here's the asterisk though, because yeah. I I believe that that uh, that Westbrook and and Harden have more talent. Yeah, I mean that, those two guys are both MVPs of the league. I believe they have more talent, um, but. How well are they going to be able to play together? So I think in turn, look, Dame is top 
ten player in the league for sure. I would I would uh, say so. I mean, top five guard in the league, if not a top so. three guard in the league, especially what he did in the, the playoffs. In terms of pure shooters, CJ top ten in the league. I would say if so. not, maybe even a top five in the league. I can. You 10. can make the argument. So you've got top three point guard, top five shooter in the league. Put them together after playing together, what for the last five seasons? Se- yeah. Yes, they're the best backcourt in, in the NBA right now. Um, that doesn't make the Blazers the best team. Are you saying that in case NBC Sports hears this podcast? And that- <laughs> no, I've said it. I'm saying it because I believe it's true. I do, I do, I because I just, I, if you heard what I said after, yeah, is I don't. That doesn't make the Blazers the best team. Oh yeah, we we know that. But yeah, I'm, I'm solely talking about the backcourt. Did they get better this offseason? Much better. Do they go to the finals? Because that's the only next step to take. They went to the Western it's gonna Conference be Finals last year. It's going to be tougher to get to the finals uh, than it was a year ago. That's what's crazy, right? The the Blazers, we've had this argument in our office, right? Did the Blazers get significantly better in the offseason? It all depends on who you're comparing it to. Mm-hmm. The Blazers in 2019-2020, I think, is significantly better than the Blazers in 2018-2019. Right. Western Conference, though, it's a different story. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George create a super team in L.A. Anthony Davis comes to the is Lakers. Is that a super team or is it, that a duo? In today's standards. Like a, today's yeah. standards, duos are super well, one, teams. one-two punch. No, yeah. I, no, 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 no. Trios. You have to have a big three no, to be we, a super we team. There's no, no, more tri- no, no, there's no, no more trios no, no, anymore. No. So then there's no more super teams anymore. <laughs> no more anymore, super teams? Which is why I would say it should be easier for the Blazers to be able to get to the finals. I, but I think so many teams have become better, Right. The Clippers are significantly better For than sure. they were. For I sure. think Gotta give them the that. Rockets are better. I don't know about significantly better, but I think they're better considering that James Harden and Chris Paul weren't even talking to each other. True. <laughs> they're just like texting during the huddle. <laughs> true, true. Like, hey, Got did you pass it a couple times? Yeah. Like, so they. So now um, I, I think the Rockets are, are better. Now Oklahoma City's not. So Oklahoma City's falling off. I think Utah's better. I think Denver's going to get better because they didn't make any changes, but that's that, a that, solid that's nucleus. That's a solid core. They're yeah. going to get better. Dallas, wild card, because Porzingis and Doncic, if Porzingis is healthy, that's a pretty legit one-two punch in in, in Dallas. Yeah, so, I agree. So they're agree. better. Um, so it's a lot of teams that, that have elevated. But in terms of the Blazers, they are significantly better. Why? Because when they put their best five out there, Four guys will be able to shoot, as opposed to last year when two guys in yeah. their starting lineup could shoot. For sure. This is a shooter's league. You know this. The 100%. league is transitioned. Neil O'Shea knows this. Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless couldn't shoot. Yeah. And they were in the starting lineup. You got a point. So you've got Rodney Hood now in the starting lineup. My man Zach Collins is going to be in the starting lineup, Feisty by the boy. way. Feisty if, boy. If he makes... If he makes the All Star team, which is going to be very, very difficult, but if he does, he's not making the, the All Star. Oh, team. I will. I'm calling you. <laughs> yeah, you got to call Bobby me. Bean. If you're listening, I'm yeah, calling my you. Man, Bobby Bean. Alex Moore, former producer. If you're listening, I'm calling you. Yeah. You were all wrong about Zach Collins. I was right from the you, jump. You have since the day he was drafted from Gonzaga, and the day that we got in trouble for having Zach Collins on our radio show. <laughs> you hey. remember? We got, we got in trouble for that. You well, pop- we didn't. Our station, 
got in trouble hey, for that. Apologize later before you ask permission first. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. We got in trouble. So just to give some of the listeners listeners the story on that, when Justin and I had the radio show together, um, Zach Collins was the first round draft pick. Well, I think it was pick number ten. Pick number ten. He was pick number ten for the Blazers, and some way somehow our producer Alex Moore was able to reach out to some of Zach's representatives. And get Zach Collins on Justin and I's radio show. Yeah, we're gonna now, keep that quiet as to how we got his phone number. Yeah, so I, we didn't. <laughs> the true story, because I'm not naming names. We didn't reach out to his people. That's where we okay, got in trouble. Well, then we got Zach Collins's cell phone number <laughs> and called Zach, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I don't care." <laughs> that's what we got in trouble. Well, yeah. So that's what we did. Now, mind my you, sources will remain will intact. remain intact. One hundred percent. That's all fine and dandy. <laughs> but remind you. You now work for the Blazer Station. Yeah. We didn't work for the Blazer Station at the time. In fact, it was more or less a rival station, <laughs> if we're just being honest here. We got the first interview of Zach Collins in the city of Portland before even the Blazers media partners were able to get one. And the Blazers did not like that. They were not happy <laughs> with us at all. <laughs> at all. And now look how the thing comes full circle. You're working for the Blazer station, the TV station. That's right. The radio station. I mean, the world just works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? Well, and on my, my podcast, I actually I got to interview uh, Nasir Little, the first round oh. draft pick this year yeah. on, on my podcast. And so uh, I, did it, I didn't get yelled at this time. <laughs> I saw I, I gotta we gotta it, it, we gotta talk about this because I saw you say some more madness which you tend to do sometimes. You call um, it madness. I say outside the box thinking. It, it, it was madness to interview Anthony Simons, who I think is going to have a good year this oh, year. He's by the be way, great. I think he's, he's going to have a good year. But you want to know what wasn't great? Your take saying that Wendy's was better than Chick Fil A. I saw that circulating on the internet, and once again, I wanted to say, hey, Justin, miss you, buddy. <laughs> did, did, did you see Anthony Simons' face yeah. when I said that? <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He was he, stuck. He is, one, terrific kid. Um, I say that because they're all kids. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nasir Little are, made, he's pretty young. Yeah. I'll tell you, if we have time, Nasir Little said something in our podcast made me feel so old. But Anthony Simons came in, and a year in the league – Prepared for media stuff. He was prepared for any question I was going to ask him. He was not prepared for me to say what yeah, is better than Chick-fil-A. I, All right, I let me let me that. ask you this, because I've been wondering this ever since that, because we've had this, this discussion, this debate. I still think it's the truth. You look at me crazy. There's another show. Um, we had maybe one of the greatest radio segments in history. It was called Ebony and Ivory, where we got to ask questions about whether something that we were wondering about the other's race. Right. You're white, uh, I'm black. Exactly. Yeah. People couldn't tell by listening. We worked right next door to Lars Larson, so sometimes <laughs> and, and, and there the were just there were questions that I've always had. Right. And out of, you know, politeness, political correctness, you just don't ask them. For sure. And I don't think that's good. I think it's I better either. if it comes from a good place, let's just ask questions. That's what we did. That's so exactly let me what we did. Ask you this. Talk to me. The love of Chick-fil-A. There's a show on they call it Is It Regional or Cultural? If that makes sense to you. Yeah, it makes sense. The love of Chick-fil-A, is it regional or is it cultural? I think it's regional. It's regional? Yeah, cultural is a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Okay. That's That's cultural. Popeye's, 
I would still say when it comes to the culture and what our favorite fast food chicken restaurant is, I would have to say that it's it's got to be Popeyes. Okay. Now Chick Fil A, I think is so that crosses re- all. You think that's regional? I think yeah, I think Chick Fil A crosses all races, all ethnicities, all demographics for for lack of a better term. But Popeyes chicken, I think, is still ours. <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> you got the black lady on the commercial. You got. <laughs> You got the chicken sandwich going viral. Only how we know how to go viral, too, by the way. Because we're damn good marketers, the culture. The black culture, the mm-hmm. black community. You got to give us credit where it's due. We're damn good marketers. Popeye's marketed the hell out of that chicken sandwich. And I think a lot of it had to do to its connection to the black community. And that's just me personally Listen, how I feel. Black Twitter is a force it's unlike a force. anything else. Unlike anything else. Better than white Twitter, Filipino Twitter, <laughs> Mexican Twitter. And I'm not being racist here. I'm just telling we don't we don't even know a Filipino. Have you ever heard of a Twitter? You never heard of a white Twitter. You never heard of an Asian Twitter. Well, sadly, white Twitter is really angry. It's really, really angry too. <laughs> it really is. It's not but good. black Twitter, like you said, is an actual force. It's an actual thing. So yeah, let's just it turned call an, it, for what it turned it is. an argument into a chicken sandwich into a thing. Into a thing. To so it's not even ran, a black and white thing. They it's ran out of buns. They Devon. ran out of buns. They they, then they, they, said, they ran out of chicken to put on the chicken sandwich. Then they went to the to the level where they said, Hey, bring your own bun. Bring <laughs> And you guys did. <laughs> hey, man. We, we got we, buns. We, hey, we're shakers and movers, man. We shake, <laughs> we're shakers and movers. Same way we shake that chicken and that chicken grease. That's what we do in real life. Now, listen. Everybody gets on my case about this whole Chick-fil-A thing. Because yeah. I think Chick-fil-A is very, very good. I don't put it on this ridiculous pedestal that everybody else does. I will not succumb to the Chick-fil-A mob on Twitter. Right. Give me a Wendy's Big Bacon Classic, <laughs> large fry, and a Frosty, and I am in a better place than if I could have a chicken sandwich nah, at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is very dog. good. I get it's the nuggets not, at Chick-fil-A. It's though. not the be-all, end-all. That I would never drive out of my way to the go get Chick-fil-A. fries? The waffle fries are better than Wendy's fries. The, no. The yes, dipping sauce sure. is better at Chick-fil-A. I'll give you that. The dipping sauce better. is better. Frosty is better than the shakes at Chick-fil-A. I never I don't get shakes from Chick-fil-A, so I wouldn't I, I, I don't, get, I don't really get like I shakes either, but I'm just You just putting it, it out there. You're trying just to compare it out the there. Two. But a big bacon classic is so much more satisfying than a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, I think you're, yeah, you're talking about burgers. I'm talking about. No, I'm about talking about the, Chick- you walk just into the restaurant. the restaurant. Chick-fil-A is better. Wendy's is better. And Chick-fil-A's customer service is better than Wendy's. And customer service When was the last time you've been to Wendy's? I was last Wendy's last night. You know. So you know yeah, it's better. But that's because that's because Wendy's was open late and I was, I was up pretty late <laughs> last night. And so that's another story for another day. But I was there last night. That's night because Chick Fil A wasn't an option at the time. There's more Wendy's too. I mean, Wendy's. There's you more can find of them. Wendy's that means anywhere. more people like it. History. That's the same thing. Same argument we had with the NCAA. <laughs> There's a history there. Chick Fil A can grow to be bigger than Wendy's. I believe. Over well, time. Well, when we do this podcast again in ten years, we'll find out. <laughs> now it'll be less I, than ten years, man, because you're right down the street from me. So <laughs> we'll be doing this more frequently, man. But I know we both actually got to get back. 
to work. Um, but we, 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 I'm glad you came by today, man. I'm Anytime. Glad you, now yeah. that I know it's now that I know I don't have to drive out to the suburbs yeah. to do this podcast, yeah, I'd be right more here. than happy to come to come. Yeah. You know, you know me for sure. Right? I'm always happy to come and do your podcast, but if I have to drive more than five miles, that ain't happening. Let's make it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even got to drive to get here now. Let's make a deal though. If Portland state's basketball team is any good, I want to come onto the bridge. I understand it's politics and all, all done, that done. for me to be able to, you know, done just come at my leisure, how you're able to come to this podcast platform. And that's all fine and dandy. I get it. I don't feel any type of way about it. But I am on the call for Portland State this year. If they're any good, have me come on to the bridge, man. Talk a little bit of college hoops. You're coming on anyways. All we'll right, get, we'll get do this it. done. Let's do it. Let's I will do it. Say the, this bridge, right here. the bridge it is. Yes. I will, I will get this done. I'll be there. Appreciate you for coming by, man. Anytime. Matter of fact, let them know where to find you too. Let them know where to find you on on your Twitter. And on all Twitter, that. Uh, at Justin Myers M Y E R S five four one. Why five four one? Because I represent Southern Oregon. Hello, all day, every day. You five three snobs forget about. There's a whole other state <laughs> down below Portland and, and Salem. Yeah, that's what I represent. I represent the five four one. So at Justin Myers five four one. Instagram is Justin Myers underscore the number 18 there's nothing much there though unless you want to see pictures of my dog all right the crash how's yeah. crash doing big now oh. bigger no he's same same crash okay. is the same all right all right yeah uh, yeah pictures of my dog and like pictures of food and drink and also as i mentioned he's on the bridge weeknights at what time six to seven mondays and wednesdays also the bridge podcast yeah uh, is uh so once you're done listening to this podcast right flip over to the bridge podcast talk about uh, it nasir little's been on anthony simons has been on uh talk to uh tinker hatfield oh wow got to talk to tinker hatfield about air jordans for an hour that's I nerded dope. out i tried to like keep it together yeah uh College football, we talked to Joey Harrington, Derek Anderson, Alex Brink. So, uh, Bridge Podcast. Sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, as I let you all know every time as we before we close out this podcast, give it your all in whatever it is that you do. And we are going to leave you all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.